Welcome to Do It For The Gram, an Enneagram podcast for people looking to improve their lives professionally and personally with your host, Milton Stewart. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to give a special thanks, and especially if you listen to the first episode and you're listening now, because you're either one of three things or all three. Um, you're either a good person, you really want to know about the Enneagram, or you just know me. So I really want to thank you because I'm on this podcast journey. So by day, I'm an elementary school administrator uh, working in the schools with kids. But by night, I'm an entrepreneur. And so a lot of things I'm learning on the fly and trying to apply them as soon as I can um, just to test them out. So thank you for listening. I will continuously get better. Um, and I also will make sure that I get better so I can help others get better in our community by using the Enneagram. On today's episode, we're going to build part of the foundation for the Enneagram. It's kind of the bottom piece that everything else builds on. So today we're going to talk about the centers of intelligence. One of those being the body slash anger center, another being heart slash feeling center, and the other being head slash thinking center. We'll also get into an activity that I typically do with groups um, just to show them how different we process um, ideas, feelings, uh, and impulses during different situations. Let's go. What is the center of intelligence for the Enneagram? It is our primary way that we perceive life. It covers our thoughts, emotions, and instincts. This is not exactly how you act or react upon the world. It's just how you process life. We have all three centers, but we have a tendency to over-rely on a specific center of intelligence. There are three centers of intelligence, or some people call them triads, which includes body, head, and heart. The Enneagram has nine types, so there are three types in each center of intelligence. And one of the types, which is usually the middle type, is the type that is the most disconnected from their center of intelligence. The first center of intelligence we're going to talk about today is the body-slash-anger center. Uh, They process life through their body. Uh, Enneagram types 8, 9, and 1 all reside in the body-slash-anger triad. The main driving force for this type is anger. They all deal with it, though, in a different way. Eights, type 8s on the Enneagram can easily access their anger. And one of the ways that they get rid of anger is that they let it go as soon as they get it. And so type 8s typically can seem like they're very frustrated or angry with something, but they're going to release that anger as soon as they get a chance to uh, because it physically is hurting them. Nines, Enneagram 9s. Uh, This is the type that I talked about that is out of touch with their center of intelligence. And nines are out of touch with anger. And so what they do, it's similar. It's kind of like bottling, but not exactly. It's more or less they're afraid of their anger inside of them because they're afraid of what it might make them do or what could happen if they allowed their anger to come out. Then you have ones. Enneagram ones, they deny that it's anger. They're like, oh, I'm just frustrated. But that is a way for them to try to put a good face on because they want to do things right and they want things to be right. So it's not that they're not angry. It's just that in their minds, anger has become something that is negative. And so I cannot show that because it would not be right. 
which leads to a whole nother point, which I'll do a podcast on as well. But the connotation and how we've been given certain words uh, affect us deeply. So, for instance, anger. Anger is not a bad thing. It can be used in a bad way, but it's not a bad thing. And I think that has um, troubled and given a lot of people in this triad um, issues, especially eights, because they can easily access that anger. They have been told a lot of times that anger is wrong, anger is bad, I don't know why you're so upset, you have such anger problems, all of these things. But to be honest, a lot of times, eights, nines, and ones are angry because they feel something is not right. A righteous anger is a good thing. So we have to make sure that when we're looking at anger, we're not just seeing it as a bad thing because it can be a right thing. It can be a reason to step up and to stand up and to defend people. And so we have to make sure that when we look at anger or we're dealing with somebody who is angry, that we respect that and we not label just because they're angry as a bad thing, but try to get to the root of that. And so we'll go into deeper into that to each type on how anger is affecting them in their lives and what they can do to better process and work with it and get to the emotions that are under it so that they can communicate and uh, work with other people better. Moving on to our next type, which is the heart and feeling center. This center encapsulates types two, three, and four. These types are good at sensing others' emotions and how people really feel. And you can say they have a high relational intelligence. So when it comes to relationships and understanding people and being able to connect, they typically are very good at uh, this trait. Type twos can easily access their emotions um, and are ever-present. Their emotions are always there and they're, they're bouncing from side to side and ready to engage with people. Um, so they're very keen also on other people's emotions as well. And so their emotions are very um, outer. These people are typically very bubbly, uh, very lively, um, friendly, looking to befriend people. Like they can't wait to uh, engage with people. And then you have threes who, once again, that's the middle type. It's out of touch typically with their center of intelligence, which is the heart slash feeling. And so a lot of times they won't seem like people who are emotional, even though their relational intelligence is high, which we'll get into a little bit later. And then fours also have strong emotions, but it's deeply connected within themselves. So they have more of inner emotions compared to the two who has outer emotions and the three who's like disconnected from their emotions. So the, the biggest issue that this triad has, it's pride and pride in different ways. So for the Enneagram two, pride for them they want to be seen as loving and appreciated. And there's a problem if they are not. And so that's an issue that the Enneagram 2 has to work through because they always want to be seen as loving and be appreciated. And in life, that's just not always going to happen, but that doesn't mean your value is decreased. Then you have the three. They want to be seen as successful because to them, success is everything. And they're highly competitive. And so seeing being seen as successful is their pride issue because success, first of all, it's it's not just one thing and just what your career is or who you're with. Um, success is actually loving the people in your life that are there. And guess what? Failure is also a part of life. And it's OK. You learn from it. Uh, for Enneagram Fours. The pride is they want to be seen as different. They want to be seen as unique. And so their thing is, I have to feel like I'm different, which leads into another issue, 
which is envy, which is Enneagram 4's biggest issue. They think they're always missing something, but they always want to be different. We'll go into that later when we do an intro to the Enneagram 4. So that's a little bit about the heart center in the 2, 3, and 4. Now on to the head slash thinking center, which um, includes type 5, type 6, and 7. Type 5s are very heady, logical, and cerebral people. And so when you see a 5, typically they operate and they perceive the world through the brain, through thinking. Um, when something emotional happens, when something like an impulse or instinct happens, it's going through the brain first, and that's for the five, six, and seven. The fives are typically um, very, very smart people because they seek and want knowledge. They crave knowledge so bad. So these are typically people who are well-informed of different things. Now, are they usually like super social? Not really. They really like to keep to themselves, but they understand society and that you need to engage. But if they could just stay in a room and read a bazillion books um, for months on end, they would. And they would totally enjoy it and be totally okay. Moving on to the six. Sixes are the most disconnected. Once again, this is the one in the middle of the um, center. And they're dis most disconnected from their thinking. They don't trust their own thinking. And so that leads to kind of a pattern of running around like, mm, I'm not sure, mm, I'm not sure. What about that? What about that? What about that? Um, and so when you see a six and sixes uh, are some of the most um, prevalent people in our society, to be honest, they are they've always thought of the worst thing that could happen always. Um, so that's what their brain is going at all the time. Then you have the Enneagram seven, which their brains are on overload. Their brains are super fast. Unlike the Enneagram 5 who can find a topic and focus in deeply on that one topic and just go for days and days and find out more questions and get more answers to those questions and that one topic, the seven's a little different. It's kind of opposite. And so the seven's going 30,000 different places. So the seven's brain is trying to connect this one topic to a whole another topic. And so it never stays typically on one to go deep into it, but it's just trying to make connections with a lot of other ones. A lot of times uh, their brains can actually look like ADHD brains because they move so fast and so rapidly. It's so much going on, but at the same time, the issue is that there's so much going on that you can't focus and get out the actual um, clear and uh, thoughtful things that you want to say or you mean because your brain is still bouncing trying to get to the next idea. And so that's something that sevens have to continuously work on. One of the biggest issues about uh, the head slash thinking triad is fear. And so the Enneagram 5 fears that they do not have enough knowledge and will not be able to get enough of it. And so it's this interesting cycle like every type has. As much knowledge as a 5 has on a particular subject, which they will probably have more than 90% of people out there um, who are not like specifically in the field, they still feel like they don't have enough knowledge a lot of times. And so the fear for them is not having enough knowledge when they um, are asked a question or when something happens or uh, spontaneously dealing with people or situations. They want the knowledge so they can be prepared. The six, similar but a little different. Their fear comes from the worst case scenario, which I mentioned before. Their fear, like we said, they do not trust their thinking. So their brain is stuck in the fact that they don't have enough information so they can't be prepared for the worst case scenario to happen, period. So they're always thinking like, 
Do I have enough? What's the worst thing that can happen? And the worst thing that can happen, am I prepared for it? Am I prepared? Is the exit door going to work? I don't know. If the exit door doesn't work, I found this window. I can break out this window if I had to get people out of here. So that'll work. So that's a big issue that sixes have. And it's dealing with security and safety. The issue of like feeling secure and safe. And because their brain never really feels like that. And so that's something that they also have to work on, which we'll talk about in a future Enneagram with the six. Seventh, their fear is internal. And so they don't have an external fear, really. It's really internal. What's the things going on? Unlike the six, the six is worried about externally, how can I be safe and secure? Whereas the seven is really worried about internal fear and so it's what's inside like delving deep in there and actually having to work with deep emotions because most sevens they're either extremely joyful or they're like angry and so the other range of emotions that are in between there which are a ton um a lot of times come very hard for sevens to feel understand or even name and communicate what that feeling is and so that's something that sevens have to work on as well so that wraps up uh, the different centers of intelligence that we do have. And we're going to move into what I call integrating all of our centers. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of you going into work give you anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But... Since you're probably not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become self-aware. The self-awareness leads into organizations by helping with communication, conflict management, and leadership development. Ultimately, turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your service and bottom lines. You can contact Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or Milton at kaizencareers.com and that's K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com or you can dial 901-334-1644 to contact Kaizen Careers. Integrating all of our centers. This is what the Enneagram is so good and great for. Because like I said earlier, a lot of times we are stuck on one of our centers of intelligence, which is our primary and our dominant one, which is which is not a bad thing. The issue is that a lot of times, especially when we're unhealthy, then it's off track and we're using a broken compass, basically, trying to navigate the world. And so now we're just spinning in circles and ending up in the same spot that we were before because it's broken and it's not right. So what the Enneagram does, it helps us to finally like get into different practical means, different thought patterns, different things, even when it comes to meditation, to help us actually integrate ourselves to our other, other centers that we may not be so strong in. Um, so we're going to talk about that in coming ones because it's very different for each type uh, when it comes to how you get into the other centers of intelligence for yourself. So something that's very interesting, though, is um, the centers of intelligence come up in a lot of different places in this world and life and in history. We just have to pay attention. And so a guy who I think does a wonderful job, his name is Christopher Hertz. Uh, he's a Enneagram expert, aficionado. He's doing the thing. I went to one of his um, Enneagram camps 
And um, I had a lot of friends who laughed at me because they said, you have an Enneagram camp? Yes, I do. It was really fun. It was a day camp, okay? Um, but it was only one day. But he has a book called The Sacred Enneagram, Finding Your Unique Path to Spiritual Growth. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure I put that in the show notes. This book is absolutely amazing. Now, this is not for, um, I would say, new uh, Enneagram uh, readers or users. Uh, this is a little deeper going into it. But what he mentions, which I think is so important, is he shows how the Wizard of Oz uses the three centers of intelligence. And so when Dorothy, you know, gets knocked out and she ends up in this magical world and they're looking for, you know, the, the, the wizard and all this fun stuff, she bumps into three interesting characters who have lost something and they're all looking for it. And so she bumps into the Tin Man. What is the Tin Man looking for? A heart. This is the heart triad. And then think about his exterior being so hard. A lot of times we can be like that if we're not, if we're not engaged into our emotions and our heart. We can just be the Tin Man. Really not good in relationships, but we think we're getting things done. Oh, yeah. And so that's a problem as well. And then you have the lion who's looking for courage. The lion's trying to find courage, and that would be the body slash instinct triad, because guess what? You've got to move. You've got to do something. And a lot of times, some people can get stuck in their heads or get stuck in their emotions and not do something about whatever is going on. And so you've got to be connected with your courage and your body center triad as well, because that's going to actually help you to move and do things to grow and to help you move past certain things in your life. Then also, you have the last one which is the scarecrow, and he can't find what? His brain. And so the brain is the thinking triad. This is the same triad that you have to make sure because sometimes you can get so in tune with acting immediately or so in tune with just going straight into emotions that you're not actually thinking and using your brain and using the logic that you do have. And so what the Enneagram is going to do and what we're going to work on in coming episodes with the different uh, types is that how can you get to all your centers of intelligence to make sure that you're wholesome and you're working through different issues specifically tied to you? Wow, if you've made it this far and you haven't taken the Enneagram test, let me give you a few that I trust. First and foremost, you can always check out kaizencareers.com forward slash Enneagram. Scroll to the bottom of this one then you'll see the two question test. It'll take you to a Google form, which is based off the Russ and Rizzo test. And you can go ahead and take that one and knock it out. Also, what you can do, you can also go to the Enneagram Institute. That's a well-trusted site. And uh, there's a few uh, dollars involved in that one, but it's a minimum price and you get a pretty good range of what your type might be. And the next I would choose is uh, Eclectic Energies. It's a free one, and it's gonna give you probably your top two or three. And uh, it's I would say it's pretty accurate depending how well you know yourself, so that could be tricky. But I would say the most accurate one is the integrative9.com. So the Integrative 9 is more for the Enneagram and business, but it also costs, they have three different costs for them, and each one gives you a little bit more in-depth view on each type and your specific type when it goes over a gambit of things. But these are just four of the five different types of Enneagram tests you can take uh, after this podcast or during it at this moment at the pause and then um, check back because we're going to go over your type in the future episodes. Back to the I mentioned earlier that I would talk about an activity I typically do when I do um, 
coaching and consulting for organizations. And something I do, it's kind of a zombie apocalypse activity. And what I do is after I've typed everyone in the room, I split them up in three different groups based on their triad. What is so interesting is that before people like, yeah, 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 we a little different personality tests, blah, blah, blah. But what they figure out after they all present their individual zombie apocalypse, like preparation and, um, prepared guide or whatever, they realize that, wow, we really do process and think differently because every type has such a strong propensity to do something else. For instance, the thinking triad is huge with like these crazy creative ideas, these big, crazy, large, uh, imaginative ideas that are possible but highly unlikely is going to happen and then you have the the heart triad which they are worried about the people in their group they're all talking about hmm how we're we going to make sure this person is taken care of what do we have so we can take care of each other and so it's very much focused on the relations of the people there it's so interesting to see the different things they have and then you have the body slash instinct triad which is almost to a certain degree cutthroat it's like hey we're going to be here. There's going to be some people there that may not be with us. And what we got to do, we got to conquer them. We're going to conquer them so we make sure that we put them out there and so that they get eaten up and we can survive. And so it's very cutthroat straight to the point. Um, but what people see in those activities is that these triads, we really do perceive life differently. So when you come across someone who you say is, Oh, they think too much. Oh, they're so emotional. Oh, they act out. They fly off the handle. And so these people, you have to create space in order to understand them and say, man, maybe they're feeling so strongly this way because it's entrenched and deep in them. And so we have to remember to give each other space because a lot of times um, we, even though we on a conscious level know that, oh, people aren't the same as me. They don't think the same. But when people react in our minds, we think that should react like we do, which is so interesting, especially when we get upset. We think, why they do that? That don't make any sense. But it does make sense to them because that's why they're doing it. And so what the Enneagram is helping us to do is create space so we can further understand people and give them space without immediately writing them off, having a larger um, span of empathy for them so that we can actually uh, work together better and or, depending on who you are, be able to help them by trying not to control them. So moving on to our next part. This next part is extremely I would say important in showing how the different triads work. So a couple of weeks ago, I was able to travel to one of my best friend's um, house and hang out with his family. And so my best friend's best friend was there, who's not me as well. And he's a friend of mine, but he's another. So long story short, we're having a conversation and, um, my best friend's best friend, not talking about me, who we'll call Sam, uh, basically was having kind of a, a faith issue. And my best friend, who's a five, and his best friend, who's a two, were having this conversation. It was so interesting. I was sitting back and I was listening to it because I was at the table. It was late night. We was playing cards, having a real good time. Um, and also tired, delirious kind of kind of deal. But then it took a real sharp turn when we started talking about faith. And the two, he just was saying, like, there's just so many things going on. And, like, he's trying to work through his faith. And 
Uh, he has questions and different things. And so it was interesting to see my best friend, the five, have a conversation with him because his faith and everything and the strength of it and the crux and the foundation of his was based on the logic because he is a type five. So his brain, first way he perceives information in life is through his brain and the thinking process. And so his foundation is built on logic. And so he's given them logical arguments and uh, defense and evidences and everything. And the two's not disagreeing or arguing at all. But what the two is really saying, and when we finally got to it, the two was saying that he wanted to feel God and he felt like he hasn't necessarily felt God because logically, intuitively, evidence wise, he understood and understands like, oh, I agree. There is evidence that there is a God. There is evidence that Jesus walked this earth. All of this, like he did not disagree with that at all. But his main hang up was the fact that he felt like he did not feel God and hasn't really felt God, at least in a long time or maybe ever, depending on him. I don't know. It's his faith. But this is one thing that was very good for understanding the Enneagram because I was able to sit back and kind of look at this um, th this conversation and say, hmm, I see what's kind of going on here. He doesn't necessarily need that in order to make him believe kind of deal. What he's looking for is something different than what the five's foundation is for the faith. And so I was able to send um, my best friend's friend some information specifically to the two to help him, not necessarily just like, oh, yeah, look at this. Now you believe. But I was able to help him to possibly start doing things that would actually enable his gifts and then through his gifts. He would hopefully be able to see or recognize and build a relationship with God. Because I find that a lot of times working in our gifts and the things that he's blessed us with is when we're actually able to really see God because he works through people in a multitude of different ways. Um, and so for him to feel it, uh, to feel God, a lot of things needs to be with him working with people. He's a relational person, even though he's his thinking center is highly developed um, for it too. But he is a relational person and he needs to be in the trenches helping and loving people because that is his gift. Um, so that was just one story I wanted to share that just shows the importance of understanding at least the triads inside of the Enneagram because it's impactful in almost every aspect of life and understanding people and working with people. All right, as we wrap up the show, make sure if you do like this podcast, please subscribe um, so you'll know when the new episodes come out. And if you like and you think someone else could possibly benefit from it. Um, share the podcast as well. Make sure you review it. Um, I need reviews. I need feedback. I need to get better. Um, and I can't really do that necessarily if I don't understand what you want and what you're looking for as well, because I definitely like the feedback. It'll help me grow because I definitely look forward to growing, not just from the personal Enneagram standpoint, but also from learning from other people. Emotional intelligence works two ways. You got to understand yourself and you also have to understand the way people perceive you and the way that you come off. So I do need your feedback and help. If you want to reach me um, or reach this podcast, you can go to do it for the grand podcast at gmail.com. You can email me there. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at do it for the grand podcast at Instagram. We also have a website. If you're looking for coaching and consulting for your organization or you want one-on-one -on -one personal coaching, 
Go to kaizencareers.com. That's K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com. And there you can still contact me as well. You can see some of the things that I offer for groups and for individuals. Uh, also, I'm creating a community in Memphis called Enneagram 901. It is growing, which is good. And so I want to create a community to help the community in Memphis. A lot of different cities around America that are like big cities, you know, have Enneagram hubs and they have communities around it. And I want the same thing in Memphis. So what I want you to do is to go ahead and find us on Facebook. Uh, go click, you know, add yourself and I'll make sure you get added in. And also you can follow sorry, Instagram at Enneagram 901 as well. If you like what you heard today and you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash do it for the gram. And there in Patreon, you can become a supporter of this podcast. And what it is, is that basically you can support creatives and people who create content and create value for you um, through podcasts or through different ways. But you're able to get special access as well. And so... It takes money to run a podcast, which I didn't know at the very beginning, but I'm learning now. And I do a lot outside of this podcast, so I want to make sure I can still provide you with uh, valuable content and also be able to continuously um, be in my community and provide value and help to those that I mentor um, at the school that I work at, but also be able to work with um, stopping the school to prison pipeline and also fighting for educational equity and so if you're able to support and would like to you're welcome to go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram that would be very helpful if you are able to if not i still appreciate you listening i hope you keep listening subscribing and telling your friends about it and i hope to keep providing you with value have a good day enjoy your week i'll see you next week bye and remember do it for the gram the enneagram of course <laughs>